Hello and welcome back to Art Poppin' Bottles, the podcast where each week we review an album by a non-male artist and talk current events about pop music. My name is Justin Ganaway. Hi, my name is Kayla Mason Garvin. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Justin. What, um, what pop star are you feeling like this week? This week, I'm feeling, I'm playing a little bit of catch-up coming back from spring break as a professor, Um, and I am feeling, like, okay, well-rested, but there's, like, a lot going on. It's kind of hard. I feel like I have kind of, um, like, a sour attitude, so I feel like Olivia Rodrigo. (laughs) Brutal out here. It's truly brutal. I have too much on my plate. Um, Justin, who do you feel like this week? You know, I feel like same. We had the same spring break time. We're back in it. I've, you know, had a stacked week of meetings and fundraisers and um, classes and deadlines. Um, Some might call it chaotic. Some might call it turbulent. So I feel like Miley Cyrus. Beautiful. We're recording this episode on uh, Friday, March 25th. So that is topical. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's get right into some current events. So um, Olivia Rodrigo, as you brought up, attended the iHeart Music Awards. She came away with three awards um, this week, and she also wore um, a short corseted front Versace off the rack um, with, I believe, the way it was shown on the runway with um latex pants that sort of go into the boots, like a black latex uh, boot look. Um, What did you think of this outfit? I'm so sorry to say, (laughs) I don't think Olivia nor her stylist can dress her. Um, I I think she has very odd fashion choices that are, like, I would like it if it was gaggier or like styled differently but i just i feel like she's put in a lot of sort of like form-fitting things without much start sartorial vision um and i in particular with this look i don't really love the way it's styled i don't think i think it uh it just is underwhelming overall um yeah it's a short purple strapless mini dress with the latex pants underneath and i just i don't think it really works i don't know what do you think no i agree i um i I, she is sort of like she's always giving body con and but yet the styling choices are giving like body con infant like she does like really babyish sort of like i think early britney hair looks typically and then the makeup is usually fun and playful and it just never quite works maybe that's because i'm just describing like youth to her in this sort of um high school the musical musical series or whatever like vibe to then her in these body conscious looks but it hasn't really hit yet and um i like the color um but i don't i don't like it on her she's she's kind of basic in the fashion realm yeah she doesn't really have great style but i mean who amongst us did it at her age so i just have hope that she'll either grow into it or find a better stylist and um you know i think honestly a lot of our best pop girls are not great fashion icons you know even i i think the the biggest among them um just like really can't dress themselves which i i don't mind i take it to be a 
a sign that they're dedicated to the music. <laughs> dedicated to the music and the artistry. I feel like a haircut will really do her well for like album oh. cycle number two. Cute. No, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I um I think that could be good because she does kind of hide behind her hair. Yeah, she's 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 um using those long locks to her advantage at the moment. Uh but this week Anne Hathaway was on um Kelly Clarkson's talk show, The Maker of Viral Moments, and at this point in time. Um, and they were doing a sort of like, if you know the song, step up to the box and sing. Um, and Kelly was like, oh, give me something I would know. And I believe it was Since You've Been Gone. Right? Yes. And yeah, they then, started playing the first couple bars of that. And, and then, then Anne Hathaway steps up and sings the first lines beautifully, I might add. Um, and then Kelly fell over in disbelief. Um, what did you think? I know that this is honestly a great pop culture moment for you. Um, I love it in part because of all the different reactions that I've seen online, ranging from, uh, I will never, one of, one of the posts I saw on Twitter, uh, I'm, uh, I don't have it in front of me, otherwise I would quote the username. It said something like, uh, you know, I will never forgive white people for giving Anne Hathaway such a hard time when she does this. <laughs> Another person <laughs> said something like, oh, so Anne Hathaway really has been seeing that lame as vocal coach every week since they wrapped shooting. Um, she, she does have a lovely high belt um, and she's, she's hitting those notes. Um, and uh, essentially, I think it's, yeah, it's a great moment. Kelly Clarkson, um, God bless whoever grit, greenlit that show because it is most of what's sustaining me at that point. At this point, I don't even watch the whole show. I watch the clips from the show as they surface online. <laughs> and, um, literally, thank God for the Kelly Clarkson show. What do you think? No, truly, thank God for the Kelly Clarkson show. It, there's something about Kelly that, like, she's disarming the celebrities that she's with, and they they seem to really give, like, their most authentic selves in interviews, which I enjoy, or cl as close to their most authentic selves as we can get. Um, and, I, yeah, I saw a tweet that I think maybe you liked, but I don't know, um, where it was like, yeah, of course, Anne Hathaway won this game. She's a theater girl. Theater girls will always win. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's, this, is, this is very Anne Hathaway. Um, and Anne Hathaway's been like, I don't know what she's promoting, but she's been looking really good. She wore that um, Christopher yeah. John Rogers dress um, yeah. on another talk show. Is that Stunning. the multicolor, uh, multicolor, oh my God, so good, so good. Um, Stunning. I was also going to say, uh, gosh, it was about this, this moment, and I forget what it was. Um, well, it'll come to me or it won't. Did you see her do um, the father, son, and house of Gucci um, thing, like thing as well? No. Oh, you must. You must see her do father, son, and house of Gucci. It's nothing like incredibly special, but it's certainly entertaining. Oh, I remember what I was going to say, which was um, there's a clip on the internet that I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. And I'm curious if you have, which uh, I think the title of or when the clip was going around it had the caption like the only person to match kelly clarkson's chaotic interview energy is colin farrell and then <laughs> there's the interview with her and colin farrell where they are both it's like they, they they keep talking over each other and it's so chaotic because she really is not i she's not a great interviewer in terms of 
skills, but she's a great interviewer in terms of like um, being a warm presence and like, you know, being really um, attentive to her guests. And Colin Farrell is throwing that right back at her. And it is so chaotic. They, I love that. <laughs> um, I, I, I highly suggest seeking out the clip because it's so funny. No, I for sure will. I want um, I I love Colin Farrell in an interview format. I'm not sure about his movies, but I do know I love him as a person. Did you see the Batman? <laughs> no. We saw the Batman and Colin Farrell's allegedly in it, but I didn't see him. Is there gay shit in the Batman? Zoe Kravitz. Okay. I and, heard that. And Robert Pattinson's wearing a lot of eyeliner. Uh, right, right. He's doing a, a Julia Fox eye. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I, I saw one tweet shit, about it. Yeah, what, I think. What gay shit was allegedly in the Batman? I don't know. A couple gays were like, yeah, there's boys kissing in the Batman, but I think maybe it was something else entirely. <laughs> but I, I got excited saw, for a second. I don't think I saw any boys kissing. Um, it was... It's not the gayest Batman that I've ever seen. The gayest Batman is the, definitely the one with uh, Uma Thurman as, as Poison Ivy. But um, Love. yeah, this one wasn't that gay. Mm. Well, from something that wasn't that gay to something that was pretty gay, um, I last week attended the Dua Lipa concert, um, which was really, really exciting. Um, I saw it in Tulsa, of all places, um, and I was expecting there to be, like, a lot of 14- and 13-year-old girls, but it was really, like, your sort of 18- to 30, like, crowd of, like, gay people seeing the show. Um, and we sat second row, or sat, not sat, but, like, stood second row, oh which was God. amazing. Um, so we were close. I think I made eye contact with her. I don't know, but I think I did. Um, it was like a packed show. Caroline Polachek opened, um, and then Megan Thee Stallion um, was next, and then it was Dua. So it was like a really great <gasps> lineup. <laughs> God. I'll talk about Caroline a little later since uh, we've got her somewhere in the in our uh, podcast, but. Um, Megan was fantastic, really worked the crowd as much as she could. And like, it was loud. People were screaming. It was like amazing. Um, she didn't get a lot of production, but she didn't need it. She just walked back and forth and like shook her ass and people just went up. Um, and then Dua, I was really, really pleased with her performance. She can sing live, um, which was like a little bit shocking for me. Um, she could like was, had really stepped up her game in the dancing she could move it was still one of those things where you could see her in her head at times but um there were other times where she was really giving and i mean the, she's a model so she had a really long runway and whenever she walked it was the best part um looks there were only four of them and they were pretty like approachable one time she had a fun like stretch black unitard over fuchsia tights and then she wore like uh, platform sneakers with it, which was kind of fun. But then she closed in the Mugler bodysuit that's like fully um, stoned, and that was stunning. Um, 
So all in all, great show. 10 out of 10 would, would recommend seeing Dua. And the price was like good for what you got. So I would, um, I would say if she's coming to a city near you, go to see Dua Lipa. <laughs> I'm literally Googling right now. She's coming to Seattle anytime soon. I'm yeah. mad because Olivia is coming here next week, but tickets, I didn't get them the first time they went up and now they're so expensive um, oh, no. and I don't think oh my god wait do us coming in like three days oh my let's god live let's live find out how much tickets are yeah I will say I paid 128 for general mish at the um at the concert that which is not bad. Fees? uh yeah Okay, so it looks like here in Seattle, the cheapest I can find is 120 and that, oh, 70 bucks. Am I going to see Dua Lipa next week? I think you should. <laughs> it's a great show. She's coming next Thursday. Am I going to see her? Do I'm it. Her. Yeah, oh, go God. for it. <laughs> okay, well, stay tuned to see if I see Dua Lipa next week. Um, this is now a sponsored <laughs> podcast by Dua Lipa. Um, yes. Thank you, Justin, for uh, chiming in on this. Of course. I hope you see her. Um, all right. So from one uh, great artist to the next, we've got this week we're talking about Charlie XTX. We're talking about a recent release. Yes, we are up on our pop culture releases here. We're talking about Crash, um, which dropped March 18th. 2022. Kayla, where were you? And what's your relationship with Charlie XCX? Okay, so a week ago it was spring break. I was in New York visiting Cameron. Um, I um, have to say that I don't have a huge relationship with Charlie XCX. Um, I mean, I've, I've been aware of her for probably about a decade, um, starting with her feature on um, Icona Pop's I love it. Is she on that track? She's on that track. Yeah. yeah. And then um, and then her single Boom Clap, which was really popular. And then for a while, I actually like didn't really listen to her music because I, I tried it and I found it to be like super, you know, it, it's it's what people like about it kind of like rubbed me the wrong way as I was trying to get into it earlier in her career and that it's super produced. So like, it's like uber pop almost. Um, and like, it's like so like poppy and radio friendly that it almost is unradio friendly. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little bit hard to pinpoint, but it's, it's taking so many cues from pop music that it evolves into this hyper pop thing. Um, that I found very hard to listen to at the beginning of her career. Um, but I'm really glad we listened to Crash um, because uh, I started coming around on Charlie XCX as I've been running because she has a lot of really great tracks to run to. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I started listening to her kind of selectively when I'm like trying to exercise. And um, I'm like, my opinion on her music is really changing because of that and because of this album. So I'm excited to talk more about it. And what about you? Yeah. Yes. Well, I didn't realize you went back to New York. I want to hear more about that later. Um, but also, um, I, yeah, I went to that concert. That's ex probably exactly where I was. But I also, on the way down and on the way back, gambled for the first time. Lovely. Was gambling when this album came out. <laughs> it's really, I found a love of roulette last week. Um, 
But I also, I have the exact same relationship. I knew the two big ones. Um, and then I, ne- I never listened to her stuff because, yeah, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. At, you know, at a time where pop was in doing pop maximalism, she was doing even more. And I just wasn't there for it. And now I feel like we've dipped into this place of like singer-songwriter pop and more chill pop. And so this, like her take on pop feels refreshing in this moment. Um, and I've been listening to this album in particular. I saw like a lot of people tweeting about it. And then I also saw Troy Sivan had screenshotted a review of this album and they were basically like, Charlie's sort of trying to, um, dive her way into sort of mainstream success with this specific album. And it does sound a little bit more mainstream poppy. Um, and so I was intrigued to listen to it and I'm really happy that I did because I've been enjoying it. Um, so I'm excited to dive into, uh, Charlie. I'm sure there's like three or four queer people listening to this podcast and they're like, what the fuck you guys are, are popping bottles and you've never listened to Charlie. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think actually our core listenership, hopefully like my read on our core listenership is they're actually Charlie stands and they're furious right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we're all human and we all come around to the right artists at the right time. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's dive right in with the title track, Crash. Um, what do you think? Okay, so this one's like, I'm about to crash into the water. Um, okay. Okay, so um, this, I'm pulling up my notes here. I think this is a really great opener. So it's short, it's sweet, it's upbeat, it's in Charlie's sort of like, high like very forward place almost nasally range um and i think that uh this is a a strong introduction to what we're gonna get throughout this album which is um like like the um like it is yes maximalist it is super referential to other pop songs um but it's also so referential that it becomes its own thing. Um, and uh, the song ends with uh, like a crash sound. Um, and I think that overall, this is a song that has really grown on me as I've listened to it. I now think it's like the perfect opener for the album. And I get really like, I, I this album is 33 minutes long. So when we decided we were going to, review it earlier this week, I think I've listened to it like three times in one day. Um, And then ever since I've been listening to it, I think like twice a day. And this song at this point uh, really like gives me good feelings when it comes on. It's a nine out of 10 for me. Yeah, yeah, it does give me, it gets me excited as well. I think it's, yeah, a a great, a great opener because it's fun and it's and i wrote that it was also like a great um song to play while leaving work on a friday because it (laughs) starts out and she's like talking about like looking at herself in the mirror and how good she looks like it's over she's never looked at her um and then it talks about being self-destructive which is so fun um and yeah it's it's fast and i love a fast song i feel like i'm starving for a fast song um and this one like satiates that need in me it's very 80s too and i like that end with the crash a lot it gives me um janet jackson a little bit and i liked 
Um, I, I, I quite liked it a lot. So I would give it also a 9 out of 10. I don't think it hits 10 out of 10 range, but it's definitely 9 out of 10. Agree. Hard agree. Um, so uh, what you want, I got it. Is that the title of the track or did I just write that no. down? No, okay. the title is confusingly <laughs> New Shapes. Which ah, in my notes, yes. I'm like, why is this song called New Shapes? They do sing it multiple times, but I think it's a bad title for the song. They sing it, but they don't like really like sing it in a, a sort of legible way. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, they should have just called it I Ain't Got It and like and we yeah. would have been fine with it. But maybe she didn't want to put ain't in the title. Anyways, this is What You Want, I Ain't Got It, fe featuring Caroline <laughs> Polacek. <laughs> um, There's one and... other person, right? Chris, somebody? Oh, you're right. Really yeah, giving facts go, here. Because in, in the middle, they go, Charlie, Caroline, Chris. Ah. <laughs> uh, I thought um, that Chris was like her middle name or something. <laughs> um, oh, Christine and the Queens. Oh. Chris is short for Christine and the Queens. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I didn't give Christine and the Queens enough credit. I feel bad. Um, but I love this track and I love it as a collaboration. This one seems like the styles all melded well together to give you something unique and fun. Um, the course is so like fizzy. It just makes you, it tickles your brain in the right way and it sounds really good. Um, and then I think Caroline just takes this song to the next level. She's just got such a unique presence and point of view um and when she like flips her voice up into falsetto with that heavy auto tune it's just sublime i like i love it and i will say caroline live just as good if not better like has this sort of operatic quality to the way that she hits notes and she's super vibey and she just ran around in this like sheer red chiffon cat suit and like slow move dance but really just like spread her legs and like just went low most of the time which was great uh so i i love it i love this song i would say 10 out of 10 what do you think um this one i rated a 9.5 out of 10 um, <laughs> i to me it doesn't quite hit 10 out of 10 category but i will say it has a great opening um this what do you want I got it. Um, and I, the transition from crash, the crash of crash into what you want. I got it is an iconic transition in between songs. It's so hype. Like I really love when track one turns into track two here, here. I think it's beautiful. Um, I think it's really fun. Bop. I agree. Caroline, especially, I think both Christine and Caroline have good features here, but Caroline's really stands out, um, for obvious reasons. She's sort of using that, um, like, like I think she sort of doubles down, doubles down in that she makes her voice sound like auto tune, and then she puts auto tune on top of it, and it's it's just uh, really strong. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't really have anything bad to say about this track. I think it's really fun, but it doesn't quite hit ten out of ten category for me, just by a hair, by a fraction of a hair, just because um, I. I I think maybe because there was a strong learning curve for me on this song. At the beginning, I was like, eh, yeah, sure, I like this. And now I'm like, yeah, I love it. Um, but I, it, took, it took me a while. I think you need the right combination of substances for each of these songs. And it's a different combination <laughs> each time. But yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. 
No, it was really actually, um, if if I may divulge, um, there was, oh man, I, for, I think it was on, so so this week to, to divulge all of our um, communications, I think we decided we were on Monday, we confirmed we were going to review crash and we were we set the schedule for Wednesday. And then I had a lot of grading to catch up on. And I felt like even though I had listened to the album multiple times, I wasn't quite ready by Wednesday. Um, and um, I think I took an edible on Wednesday. And then when I was listening to this album, I was like, Oh my God, it's great. It's great. It's not just good. It's great. Um, and so I really do feel like this album really improves with time and substances. Yeah, definitely. It's the type of songs that are like they're sweeping in their production. And so if you can give yourself over to it with uh, the help of a substance, it's nice. Yeah. Um, all right, next up, we've got good one. I always let the good ones go. We're just singing a little bit of everyone this time. Uh, what do you think? I think, well, first of all, I think us singing the songs has been commented upon by listeners as helpful, um, especially with new releases, right. because sometimes, you know, folks don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, so I support us singing as, <laughs> as a vocalist. Um, <laughs> no, uh, all I have for this one is I heard this song in Sephora the other day. It's a banger, 10 out of 10. I I really love this song. This is, um, this is I think, the first, like, huge hit that i hear on the album um and and given uh the t track one i rated in nine track two and 9.5 but this one really slaps um and it's about um like like not loving the right people letting the good ones go and sort of like going for people who kind of treat you like shit. and um definitely a relatable um like content wise but also the song's just like really fun and dancey and like a great hook great hook what do you think great hook uh completely agree um yeah i the intro for me is perfection just like the guitar that she does i'm gonna show my like poor knowledge of instrumentals but is it like just like an electric guitar with some production on it that dun 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 like I don't know. It's just, I think so. I think uh, probably. It's a very vibey electric guitar intro is what I'm going to call it. And I love it. Um, and it's like, it's fast, which is great. The falsetto on the chorus is so nice. Or is it on the chorus or is it the first thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, I love it when she gives falsetto. Um, and I thought that it, it was just so tight and so and so nice. Um, and yeah, I just was like, great, amazing song. This one, I'm feeling like I'm going to give it a 10.5 out of 10. That's fair. Love. That's what was your rating? 10. 10. All right. I gave her extra credit for falsetto. Good. <laughs> Um, okay, next up, we've got Constant Repeat. Can you sing a little bit of this one? Yes, one second as I look up the lyrics because I have the notes are, um, oh, I'm focused on you, you're all on me too, I'm cute and I'm rude and you like what I do. Um, okay, the chorus goes like this for more singing. Um, to, to realize I could have been the one to change your life. You could have had a bad girl by your side. You could have had a bad girl. Okay, so um, I 
really like this song. Um, I don't have enough notes on it because I was just zoning out and listening to the song as I was writing my notes. I was just like vibing. Yeah. Um, I think this this one's a nine for me. Um, I think this this songwriting is really strong. I think the vocals fine. Um, but it's a little hard to recall. I think because the title's not great. Um, there's a, there is an a. a, a significant like section where they say got me on repeat got me on repeat but like the title to me makes it hard to remember this song i don't know what do you think i agree i think that this it's a problem with the title and a little bit of problem with the pacing as well um but i i think she gives you so many like sort of duets or relationships between the songs that are back to back that she should have just called like uh, this one good one and then or the the one before this good one and the one after this bad girl i think that would have been just mm. as fine um but yeah it's i i wrote that it was kind of blippy um and it's, I think it's the least distinct as a song um, of like the first sort of four. And so I gave it an eight out of 10, I think. Um, it's not my favorite, but it's still good. It's still well-constructed pop music. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, and then next up, we've got Beg For You, which I'm gonna pull up some of the lyrics for it. Yeah, um, this is the one with the Rina Sawayama feature. Um, yes. and the, uh, um, uh, the big, the big, um, there, there, I should look up what song it is here that they're sampling, but it, the chorus is like, don't you leave me this way, won't you wait another hour or two, yes. don't make me wait for you, don't make me, um, and let me look up, do you know what song it is they're sampling? Because it's no, very familiar it's, to me. Yeah, it's like late 90s, early 2000s something. Okay, it's called Cry For You by September. Um, and uh, have you seen the video for this? I have seen the video, yeah. It's cute. There's also a lot of, I've seen even more clips even more than clips from the video, I've seen clips from them behind the scenes trying to warm each other up because I guess they were like in the middle of nowhere and it was freezing and they're in these tiny clothes <laughs> um and they're just like rubbing each other's limbs like oh my god i'm so cold um so uh this uh this is uh cry for you was released in the early mid 2000s um and i have to say like i really i really don't like the original material they're sampling um like so much so that it made it really hard it, like rena is one of my favorite artists i clearly love almost every other song on this album it made it really hard for me to get on board with this song just because i don't like the original sample um and i think uh overall it's really grown on me like if i were to have rated this song a week ago um it would have been like like a five out of 10, just cause I don't like the sample. It's really grown on me. It's really fun. I like the way their voices work together, but like Rena and Charlie together on a track should be a home run. Like it should be a 14 out of 10, but even with it growing on me, it's still like an eight out of 10 for me. Just, just again, I think I just have a personal bias against their sample material. I don't know. What do you think about this one? I agree with you. I had the exact same thought process in that the sample doesn't work as well for me. Um, and Rena and Charlie are both sort of known as like 
critically acclaimed avant pop stars. So the production should be really complex and it should be a big swing. And this feels safe for the, for the two of them. Yeah, because um, they're filming it in almost. Yeah, like it, it's, it's still good, but it's still good. And so, and it's, I felt all of that. I went through all of those emotions. And then the last time I listened to it, I really listened to the first verse. And I like the picture it paints in the beginning, where it's like you know I go insane when um, you have a like when you have to uh, catch a flight. Can I take you to the airport? Make out under the bathroom lights. Like it's a nice specific image that you don't necessarily get with pop music, and you don't necessarily get with Charlie's writing all the time. So I appreciate it for the specificity, but I still would give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, and then we have. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Uh, next we have Move Me. Do you want to sing this some more? Oh, you want me to sing it? Okay. Um, hold the phone. I can also. It's it's a race to see who can, who can. All right. I need hold to my body tight, even on my lowest night. Lockdown, da, 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 da. like that kind of a vibe. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I put heart emoji on this one. I'm I like that was my first moment. And then there the second thing that I love is that there's an acapella section in the first bridge. Um, and it's sublime. Like she's not the best vocalist in the world, but she is like really giving emotional quality to this pop song. Um, and I loved how I love how persistent it is. And I give it I gave it an 11 out of 10. I love it. What do you whoa. think? Um, this is my first diverging song, I think. I gave Ooh. this one, I gave this one an eight, mostly because you know when we both when you were like, do you want to sing? I was like, do you want to sing? Like I couldn't recall what it was based on the title. Again, I think she needs better song titles because when I look at the lyrics, I'm like, I know exactly what song this is. There's something about the way you move me. Yeah. Something about you sing. You know, like it, it comes right to mind when I look at the lyrics, but when I hear the title, I'm like, I don't know what that is. I've never heard this before in my life. So I think it's a little bit unmemorable in that way. Mm. And I gave it a, and I gave it an eight out of ten, even though I think it's a really strong song writing wise um it's just hard to remember what it is simply i feel offended by that a little bit i'm i'm, I'm feeling emotional about an eight out of ten which is funny really? to me yeah i'm feeling very emotional about it i think she's really giving but i i can respect i can respect the vagueness of the titles for sure um, and from one vague title to another, we've got Baby. <laughs> Wait, here's the, here's the thing, though, is that Baby is the perfect title for this song because the way she says, she says Baby in a very specific way a million times in this song, and that's why it works. When you say Baby, I know exactly what song it is because of that. And that's why this, like, vague and stupid title works for this song because it's, like, the main lyric is just her saying the word baby. Um, this, this one, I mean, I recognize that it's a worse song than Move Me, but I did give it a higher rating. And my only note is I love the way she says baby nine out of 10. <laughs> I'm gonna make you my, I'm gonna make you my, I'm gonna make you my baby. <laughs> mm. And then at the end, it's like, I'm a fuck you up. I'm a fuck you up. I'm a fuck you up. Yes. I feel yeah, like I mean, that's a nine out of 10. <laughs> I 
feel like I disagree with you. Um. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm a baby stand, you're a move me stand. It's an irre irreconcilable difference. It's an irreconcilable um, why, difference. Why don't you like baby? Um, I think in my notes, I wrote, um, it's, it's a tight little tune that's pleasant. It's <laughs> what I said. <laughs> That sounds like a nine out of ten to me. What's your rating? Oh uh, well, I wrote eight to eight, eight out of ten, and then I wrote nine out of ten. Um, and I think the thing that pushed it to <laughs> nine out of ten is she goes really low in the last. Um, you know, I'll break your heart, tear it into tiny pieces. Like the last bridge, she gets to the lowest that she can go vocally, and there's something nice about it that makes it a little bit more distinct. So I, I guess I'll give it a nine out of ten. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move. We actually into... agree, even though you said you didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I I think I like it, but sometimes I think I don't. Um, oh, LOL, like <laughs> giving something you think you like a nine out of ten, <laughs> only on our pop and bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Liberal arts. Um, <laughs> next, we have lightning. What do you think of lightning? Can you sing a little? Um. Yes. Uh. Oh man, um, you struck me down like lightning, lightning, you struck me down like lightning, lightning, my stupid heart won't fight it, fight it. Um, I really like this song. I think this is what I wrote in my notes. It's a yes from me, dog. This song has range 9.5 out of 10. Um, and the reason why I chose this rating is i don't think it quite hits the highs of a 10 out of 10 but it does have this really sort of like moody almost like melancholy opening and then it moves into being a dance song by the chorus and i really like that this song has that kind of range like like bridges those gaps so yeah yeah, it does have range. It, 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 she's she's good at sort of giving mid tempo and then giving dance, and um, it, it, it's nice. I, it's also a, one distinct, and it's absolutely titled, so we remember it properly, which is something we're grading it on um, this time around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote a, a wild combination of things. Um, I wrote. It's giving Hozier, it's giving no. vocoder, what <laughs> it's giving Kylie Minogue. <laughs> oh, wait, is it though? It kind of is. It kind, kind of, of is. doing all those things. How is it giving Hozier though? That's the one I have questions about. The verse, this sort of the mid-tempo, don't know what to say, one look and then you blew me away. I think lyrically and vocally, there's some Hozier stuff happening. Um, this is wild. Shine. <laughs> but I also think that, that, like, you, like, this this podcast sort of aesthetic shies away from artists like Charlie XCX and like Kylie Minogue because they're, like, I think really good pop stars who um, know how to construct a pop song, but they're, like, there's nothing, like, weird about them necessarily. Um, and we like either exceptional vocalists or weird pop stars. And so I think that's why we maybe haven't hit a Charlie album yet or a Kylie album yet for that matter. You know, I, I do know. think that Charlie's weird though. Um, like the music yeah. is weird because it's so 
and and I think Kylie's is too, just because it's so overproduced um, that it lands in this like category of being pop, but being like almost too pop for pop. Like I don't know. I there's something about that that on this album i'm finding really endearing whereas yeah. i think as we talked about earlier it in my earlier charlie xcx listens it was something that sort of distanced me from it but for whatever reason it's really working for me now yeah i agree um and i i i think i i like lightning a lot um i also like the in the um in our hook it's like heartbreak hit me once so swear that it won't happen twice it's that's just a nice little line that really fits well into that hook um so i would give it <laughs> 9.5 out of 10 maybe oh, 10 out of 10 okay maybe we don't match nine, 9 .5 .5. is what i gave it nine five a nine fives across the board yeah 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 that's a solid a um all right, and then next up, we've got Every Rule. What do you think of Every Rule? I couldn't sing it for you if I tried. Oh, I, I have it. I'm breaking okay. every rule for you. You're breaking mm. every rule for me. Um, so this one is uh, the most ballady we're going to get on this album. It's still very produced, but it is at a slower tempo. Um, this one, I think, is... Nice. Like, I think the, the songwriting on it's pretty good. It doesn't really, it doesn't either, either slap or hit me emotionally. And so that's kind of a weird uh, spot to be in, but I think it's quite good. So it, for me, it's like an eight, 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 five, something ar around there. Um, what do you think about every role? I feel the same. It's yeah, it's, there's nothing catchy enough in the lyrics. It, it, it doesn't slap um and so i think it's fine and i think upon like multiple listens i'd probably like it more but i don't i'm not at the, the, that point with this song i just kind of i think it's certainly the weakest of everything we've heard thus far so i gave it a 7.5 out of 10. oh wow i don't know that i think it's weaker than some of the earlier <laughs> no i'd like move me more than i like what's my what's my um Oh, I guess Move Me is numerically like the lowest. Beg for you, too. I don't know. Yeah, it's in that range, though. But still, I, I think that's quite good for like um, for us to review something in the lowest scores to be an eight. Uh, you know, like, for example, um, thinking of recent albums we've rated um, for Lord's solo solar power i think we gave out some sixes and sevens so like True. an eight an eight as a low point is still not horrible yeah i agree um let's get into um yuck <laughs> a title we're getting a title <laughs> we're getting a title i fucking am obsessed with yuck um it's a masterpiece about being allergic to love um and it's a strong 11 out of 10 for me yeah i love it it's um a song about the ick factor um and i wrote like this song much like daddy and shoes captured a, captures a moment of modern love in a fun campy way yeah yeah it's about like about. somebody you're dating somebody or seeing somebody and like you're in it for sex and they're in it for emotions and it's like yuck 
Yeah. You. They're trying to call um, you beautiful, and it's like, no, thank you. Go away. The uh, chorus goes, yuck, looking at me all sucky. Yuck, quit acting like a puppy. Yuck, fuck, going all lovey-dovey on me. That's it. Yuck and fuck. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of rhymes I want in my pop songs. Um, 11 out of 10. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got used to know me. This one's like, okay and there's also a really strong sample on this song of what is that sample i'm gonna look it up do you know what it is you should look it up because i don't i wrote is this the same sample on that one Katy perry song but also on sour candy but also on that one song with Nicki minaj so i didn't because it sounds so familiar but i don't know if that's the right sample or not um Uh, it definitely is the the sample to me hits me like the um hit hits me like the sample on um beg for you of like initially like i don't like it like like whatever it is about the i i it also reminds me of like an early whether or not it is and we'll confirm in a second it sounds to me like an early mid 2000 song that just really makes me think of dance dance revolution and that's it so i and i don't like it um so i'm looking up here what what the sample's from and i'll report back but yeah it, it this one's hard for me because i think this song kind of slaps but i I don't like the sample. Okay, so the sample's from um, Robin S.'s Show Me Love. And... Uh, from Robin, Show Me Love? Not Robin. Robin okay. S. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to uh, find more... Um, find more on it. One second. I'm, I'm going to play us, and we'll see if this... Um, works. I'm going to play us a little video clip. So this is the original track. Can you hear this? Yeah. I'm going to jump to the middle. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that song's actually good, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is, and it's also I've got the era wrong. It's '93, so wow. um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this this is like an eight eight for me because I like the song. For some reason, it like I don't like the way the samples used. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's sort of awkward the way that this sample is used. I, and I think it maybe has to do with the fact that, like, the person who's uh, singing that song that she sh- sampled, Robin S., has, like, a really big voice. And Charlie's doing something a little bit more poppy and pared back, and it doesn't fit as much. I also wrote in my you notes that you she's... like her falsetto. I do like her falsetto, but I don't like it here. I don't know why. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Absolutely. 100%. But she's giving a little bit of, I wrote she's giving a little Britney, too, in some mm. of her approaches. Um, but it's not a bad song. I feel like yeah. I can't say it's a bad song, but I don't like it as much as the song she sampled. So, I, yeah, I guess I will just coalesce on an 8 out of 10 on this one. Great. I love that. All right, and finally, we have Twice. 
What do you think of twice? Um, do you, can you sing it off the top of your head? It's on the tip uh, of my tongue. Let's, I'm gonna I think I can. The race. Okay, go for it. Um, nope. Nope. Mm. <laughs> oh, don't think twice, don't think twice, don't, don't, don't think twice, don't think about it. The reason why uh, I'm having trouble remembering some of these melodies is because they're literally three notes. Yeah. Um, like, this chorus is three notes. Um, it's a lot like I, Crash. <laughs> uh, what I like about this song is verse two, um, all the things I love are gonna leave me. One day you're never gonna be there. Like, like I think those the lyrics, while fucking dark, are like great it, it, when paired with this sort of really simplistic melody. Um, and I wrote that I like this song. That it's a nice closer. Um, it's not the most memorable song on the album. I wish the album was longer. So it feel this doesn't feel like like a great like flag to plant in the ground at the end of this album but i do like it what i have written down is a nine out of ten i might revise that to an eight five just because i couldn't remember the song and it's the chorus is two notes but i don't know what do you think i really read this song i i don't like it um Ooh, but maybe let's go <laughs> I wrote, I think this song is as fun as it is monotonous. Um, Which is very. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's very fun? It's very fun, but it's also very monotonous. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah. And I also wrote, I'm not sure what I expected, but I don't love floating away on this song as the finale. Like it mm -hmm. starts with a, such a strong intro and it seems like such a well-ordered album that I don't know why she chose to just sort of like mellow out on the way out of this album. It doesn't feel strong enough, but I like the lyric that you pointed out and I will, I, I'll give that it is like, it, it, it does have some strong lyrical content to it. Um, and so I would give it, I would give it an eight out of 10 for the lyrics. All right. Yeah. Well, we've done it. A 33 minute album that we reviewed in maybe 33 minutes, maybe longer. Who knows? I love <laughs> that we always review albums in way longer than it takes to listen to the album. It's <laughs> our trademark. Of course. Um, so let's get into our favorite tracks. What are your favorite tracks from this album? Well, um, certainly my number one is Yuck. Fucking obsessed. <laughs> Love Yuck. It's a great song. Um, number two has got to be Good Ones. That's it, a banger. It's a great track. Um, and I think number three is going to be New Shapes, um, otherwise titled um what do you want <laughs> i ain't got I ain't it, got it. <laughs> yeah what about you i think i'm on a similar track but i'm trying to figure out how to incorporate move me um i so it's good ones move me, <laughs> just out of move. spite <laughs> hop to <laughs> i think it's good ones new shapes and move me but i also love yuck so fuck um fuck but yeah, I know. It, I guess I'll take Move Me Out for Yuck. So I guess we have the same favorite three. Wow. Oh my God, consensus. Yes. But we do that on certain albums that we're coming to for the first time or artists that we have a similar opinion on. 
<laughs> um, all right, so we've got our fave tracks. Let's review this. Um, typically, we, re we review on a box wine system with Franzio being the worst, Boda being a middle range, or not, or sorry, Black Box being a middle range, and Boda being um, top marks. Um, you can use any beverage you like, though. Uh, what is your rating? Okay, I think that this album is. Um, there's a lot going on. It's it's consumable. It goes down easy, but there is like a lot happening. Um, and so I might I might say like it's it's some kind of like co cocktail that's more complicated than it needs to be, maybe. Um, and uh, like like the vibes are like the vibes are vodka crayon seltzer but like fussier you know like like i'm trying to think of what the cocktail might be but i don't order that shit so i don't know you know like it's not um <laughs> it's not something that i would normally go for it's like a specialty cocktail that like is pretty good and like definitely is a fun time but like sometimes you're like Ooh, like you take a sip and you're like Ooh. Um, so I, I think overall this album has really grown on me. What this album has really wanted to make, like this album has turned me into like a low grade Charlie stand, um, where I really want to listen to pop two in particular, um, because oftentimes when I, um, run one of my songs that I've been listening to, um, is the song lock it which features kim petras um and sometimes when i listen to this album lock, lock it will come on after twice and i'll be like oh my god here we go but then i realize oh this isn't on the album it's just what spotify plays for me next and so it makes me think that i'll really like pop two which is the album that Lockett's on and like her earlier discography. So um, I'm really excited about, about Charlie XCX as an artist now, um, but I don't think this is a perfect album, especially at 33 minutes. I feel like there's like, I don't, I don't know, like some, some tracks that maybe could have been swapped out for something stronger. What do you think? I agree with you. And I'm gonna, I, I thought of a cocktail as you were saying something fussy that like is a little overcomplicated. Is it gonna be a Cosmo? Just, no. <laughs> like, I've done that twice. I know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's similar to a Cosmo. I'm gonna offer a cranberry Moscow mule um, with like. Uh, no, rosemary. that's exactly it. <laughs> with rosemary. That's exactly it. <laughs> a little spring of lavender. Yeah, something wild, some something that's just floating around in there that you're like, God, I just want to drink. But it's like a Moscow Mule is sort of a perfect like pop music drink and then add a few other things onto it. Um, I also was going to say Sauvignon Blanc because it's a wine that's really good, but then sometimes it tastes like grass. Um, and so I think it's a, like, I liked a cr cranberry Moscow Mule. I really did, but it was a little too expensive and not something you want to just put on the, on the everyday rotation. And I agree with you. It is a, like, it's a 33 minute al album. So it should be well curated. 
um, I, you know, I think back to, uh, to Carly Rae Jepsen, for example, who like records a hundred, like a hundred songs for an album and then picks the 12 best to make it be like a perfect pop album. I imagine Charlie does something like that. And yet we didn't quite make it to like a, a really strong track by track album, like a bangers only album. Um, and so I wanted a little more, but I definitely see myself putting Yuck and Move Me and Good Ones and, um, and New Shapes all into my library and listening to them. So I think, you know, if she can get four songs into my library, then good for her. Absolutely. Well, and I, I also don't think, I think this is a pretty strong album listen, especially at 33 minutes like it is something that if like friends were over and I like didn't know what to put on I could put this on and feel like everyone's gonna be okay for half an hour so I I think yeah. I think it's it's a strong body of work but like when we go individually there's some track that I think could have been replaced yeah yeah definitely a crowd pleasing 33 minutes for sure yeah yeah for sure all right. Um, we've got a game. It's time for a game. It is time for a game. I hope Hi. you're ready. Hi. Um, Hello. I'm, I'm great. I'm here at Ooh. our... Oh, oh, who am I? Oh, I'm Cameron. For our listeners, I'm Cameron. I'm a producer, <laughs> uh, an executive producer on the Art Pop and Bottles podcast extravaganza. Um, <laughs> and this is... New Shapes, a crash course in geometry. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun game. Let's go. Actually evil. <laughs> this is exciting. You try thinking of a Charlie XCX centered game anyway. No, I won't. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to fail this one. Let's go. So it, it it's gonna be been... Oh, go ahead. I may offer. No, I just please, offer. please. I also would have enjoyed, I would have accepted Charlie A squared plus B squared equals C squared, but. Mm, that's also oh, good. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> Justin, what's your relationship like with geometry? Uh, last time I took it was sophomore year in high school, and I think isosceles triangles are beautiful. What about you? Mm. What the fucking answer is that <laughs> um <laughs> i geometry is is really hard on the paper i can i can kind of do geometry if i'm like making something you know like geometry is easier for me if i'm like patterning something with my poor skills than like solving an equation but let's find out how we do in this game Okay. I'm rooting for you. You're on a winning streak. So. Yeah, well, well, last, week I, last week I won. Farmer. Farmer. Well, yeah. Um, so you're not actually going to be doing any math, really, but I'm glad we have that background. Um, <laughs> so how this, this, this game will actually be similar to last game's format, in which I will describe a shape to you and then give you two possible names for that shape, and one of them is, is not the right name. Wow. Okay. You must determine the correct name of the shape. So, Kayla, our uh, our champ from last week, you're gonna go first. Love it. Ready. 
All right, here we go. First shape. A thin rhombus with two acute and two obtuse angles. Yeah. Is it a corpuloid or a lozenge? Uh, what? <laughs> That's like what I was expecting you to say. Because I know exactly what that shape looks like <laughs> as a block. You know, like in, okay, did you ever have those those blocks that were the, the shape and then you would make little pictures? And I know this block was the tan or white one. Um, corpulite or what? Lozenge. Corpuloid. Corpuloid is not correct, I'm oh, afraid. I'm joking. I'm, oh that's insane. God. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's, it's called a lozenge. Fuck that. Fuck that. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry, Justin, you have a comment on the lozenge? No, not at all. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Your shape is a shape with one million sides. Is it called a megagon or an ancillohedron? <laughs> megagon. That is correct. Beautiful. Well, all right. Wow. A resident geometrer. That's what. Wrong. That's what. I'm an astrologist, yes. <laughs> All right. Kayla. I'm getting it right. You, I'm sure you will. A shape with 10,000 sides is called either a myriagon or a decamillocedron. Decamillocedron. Decamillocedron is not correct. It's a myriagon, I'm afraid. Uh, Decamillocedron is a word that was made up by me. You're so mean. I literally, here's my thought process. I was like, it can't follow the formula of the last question because that's too easy. And I know the, the root deca usually means 10. Anyway, I failed. It's okay. You'll you'll get the next one. I won't. <laughs> Justin. Yeah. This is the name of the shape of a Pringle chip. Is it called a parabolic hyperbola or a hyperbolic paraboloid? <laughs> uh, it's not an oval. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Then oval. <laughs> um, it's the first one. A parabolic whatever. That is, I'm afraid, not correct. But really close. But yeah. really close, though. <laughs> yeah, because the answer's close. Yeah, exactly. Aren't we having fun? Anyway. <laughs> okay, well, let me talk about my thought process for this one. Sure, I sure. The first one was the answer, and then the second one was a word that you had deconstructed and then reconstructed. But <laughs> yeah, I did that, not. but I, re I, re I put the one I made up first, so... Flipped it and reversed it, so sure. Put that thing down. <laughs> Were you just doing the backwards line? That's really amazing. Okay, anyway. So, Kayla... Your shape is a figure that consists of four semicircles. Is it a toshent or a salanon? 
spell Salinon? S-A-L-I-N-O-N. Spell the first totient. T-O-T-I-E-N-T. You're making shit up. <laughs> Toshent or Salanon? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is hard. Salanon. That is correct. To be fair, both of those are real words. Not true of all of these questions, but in this one, both real. What's a Toshent? I don't know. What? <laughs> I didn't get that far. I just needed a word that sounded shapey. <laughs> cool. All right, Justin, your shape is um, the infinity symbol or a sideways figure eight shape is an apothem or a lemiscuit. An apothem. An apothem. I'm afraid that is not correct. Shoot. Anyway, Kayla. This is the shape formed at the intersection of two circles. Is it an ellipse or a vesica pisces? Sorry, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's so it's like it's like if you look at if you look at like a Venn diagram, it's like it's like the middle, yeah, it's like the middle bit. The middle bit, but not the corners. Not, not so solely the <laughs> not solely the places where the lines cross. It is the shape formed at the intersection. The shape in the middle of the Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are the options again? Ellipse or vesica piscis. Vesica piscis. That's correct. Yeah, for sure. You know your shapes. Yeah. All right, Justin. Justin. Yes. <laughs> this is a rounded triangular shape. So it's like a triangle, but a little rounder. The fuck? Is it okay. a, it has a name. Is it a, <laughs> you should never let me host anything. <laughs> okay. Is the rounded triangular shape a Kepler triangle or a Rouleau triangle? Uh, okay, so you said Kepler triangle, or what's the other one? A Rouleau. Okay. Oh, the name of my childhood orthodontist, Rouleau. Rouleau sounds round, so uh, Rouleau triangle. That is correct. It is a Rouleau triangle. A Kepler Rouleau triangle. About my orthodontist. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of my orthodontist son was in Book of Mormon on Broadway. Wow. We all know at least one twink in Book of Mormon. <laughs> and mine's my orthodontist son. <laughs> Wait, is that, no, you worked at a dentist office, right? No, I, yeah, I did not work for my orthodontist. I worked for a dentist. Just like working those, working that teeth work off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Kayla. This is similar. It's a rounded square, so part way between a circle and a square, if you can imagine that. Is it a modulo? 
or a squircle. Are you doing again? It is either a majulo or a squircle. I can't say it. This is really hard because I feel like there's, there's no way it should be squircle, but it makes a lot more sense. And you keep laughing. Um, <laughs> so Majulo. M O D U L O. Let's try that, Majulo. Majulo, I'm afraid it's Squirkle. <laughs> and that's why it's so funny because they, they really called it that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and how dare they? How dare? Truly. Anyway. <laughs> I think Justin's crying. <laughs> Justin, do you need a moment or are you ready for your next shape? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. This is... Can I do this one? This is a ring... <laughs> it's a ring-shaped object... Formed by two concentric concentric circles. Is it a quarenes or an analis? I was hoping the name was circle circle, but um, repeat them. Uh, quarenes and analis. Qua feels like four, and you said two, so let's go with analis. That is correct. Beautiful shape knowing. All right. Squirkle. Squirkle. All right, Kayla. This is your last question. I'm losing this game. This shape consists of a straight line with two other straight lines joining it at right angles. Both of the other two lines must join the middle line at its ends. The Letter H is an example of this shape. Is it a creron or a balbus? Balbus. That is correct. It is a balbus. <laughs> Thanks. Good job. Yes. Now, Justin, mm -hmm. this shape is a degenerate uniform star polyhedron. <laughs> and is it called a great disnub Durham bidodecahedron or a selective inverted sink? This is an insane question. Uh, say the, the first one again, just for fun. Great disnub Durham bidodecahedron. Great disnub duradumbodecahedron is is that word? Um, yeah, let's pick that one. That's the one. Yay! You got it. Mm. Supercalifragilistic expialidocious. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, so it was a close one with a score of three to four with. 
Justin taking the cake on this one. Bravo, uh, bravo. Justin, I, you now have an honorary doctorate of shapes. Shape. Courtesy of Art Poppin' Bottles. University. Uni, uni, a, P, a P B U. A P B U. Be single. Authoritative source on geometry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, and I'm excited to go out there and mispronounce some shapes. So um, I want to thank our executive producers for your incredible ingenuity in crafting these games each week. Cameron Toy, Aaron Barnett, Jeremy Smith, um, and I want to thank the listeners for being so lovely and sticking with us. I love our cult following um, around the world. And Kayla, thank you so much for being a wonderful co-host. Thanks to you, Justin. And I wanted to say um, that recently I have discovered that we have a second review on podcasts, uh, on wow. Apple Podcasts. So our reviews are not just one, they are two. Um, so I wanted to read you our second review as a uh, incentive for readers to contribute their own reviews. We will read each and every single review we have <laughs> on the air, no matter what it says. <laughs> well, um, well, well, as of today, you know, we may not stick to this. Um, but this is the second written review we've gotten. It's called the best with three exclamation marks, and it was contributed by none other than Ben Branchley. This is the this is the entirety of the review. This is the best podcast I've ever heard. I love it so much. The hosts are hilarious and relatable and have really smart opinions. Two question, two exclamation marks. I didn't write this review. Did you write this review? <laughs> no, I did not write this review. I was going to ask you if you knew a Ben Brantley, but... Do you... Do no. You know what this is referencing, no? No. Oh, my God. Ben, ben Brantley was the... Um, long-running cantankerous theater reviewer for the New York Times. So it's definitely the real him and not a fake him who reposted this. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> but uh, no, he he was known for tearing shows to shreds um, when he didn't need to because it was clear that they weren't going to do well. So um, I think that's the significance of the name is that the the real Ben Brantley loves us. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Um, I love a smart reader review. Um, yeah. <laughs> a smart listener review. I I love a joke. Okay. <laughs> it's not a joke. Uh, it's real. No. It, yeah, it must be. What, is he yeah. look, what does Ben Brantley look like? He's an old white dude. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, that's really sweet. I love exclamation points. I love a review in general. Thank you to our, our listener who who wrote that. That's amazing. Yeah, we'll keep them coming. Reading more of them. And if they say shitty things about us, we'll, we'll probably read still read it. So please submit it. Yeah, I'm an I'm an egomaniac. I'll read it no matter what. I actually did listen to a podcast that read bad reviews and it was quite funny. So um I'm not encouraging that. 
like still give us five stars and then write something jokey bad or like if you want to leave a bad review i'm not sure it's going to affect our listenership all that much so i mean we do have eight five star ratings we don't have a single rating that's under five stars so if you want to test us try it i love that i guess people like it when we get drunk on air Okay, well, thanks so much. Uh, We'll see you again next week. Same time, same wine, same place. Just kidding. (laughs) 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 Iconic.